You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. Hope y'all enjoy. This week on Carly's Couch, we're talking about sexual harassment, how to deal with it, and how it affects our lives. Happy Monday, everybody. So excited that you're here. Yeah, welcome to the couch. Thanks for joining us once again. Um, we hope everybody's having a good beginning of Q2. Um, yeah, and enjoying the podcast. Thanks. Um, special shout out to Nanaro. Left us some comments the other day on our episode. We've missed you. Thanks to all the other listeners who uh, leave us comments as well. We appreciate that. And um, we like that engagement to be able to see how you feel about the episodes, what rings true for you, um, and to know that you're listening. So thank you. Shout out to you. Um, yeah, I always get excited. There's a lot of comments that I got people messaging me personally about the grief one. Um, so, yeah, apparently a lot of people are grieving and going through things and found some value. So if you haven't, go ahead and run that one back. Mm-hmm. And today, um, we just kind of want to talk about uh, sexual harassment. Um, we were trying to think about, like, what's the right terminology to use for this? Because we're not necessarily talking about um, violent behaviors. But especially the women will understand this and, and know what we mean. But it's like, what are all those little, like, sexual, like, just micro things that happen often? Um, you know, when a guy's trying to get by you, but he does a little extra hand on your lower back or gets a little too handsy or, um, you know, those types of inappropriate behaviors um, that for the most part as a society we either say or we do kind of just, like, brush it off or act like, you know, oh, that's not that deep. That's not that serious. Um, you should be flattered type of behaviors and brush it off. But those things very much can affect us, um, especially when they happen at a younger age where we're not able to process it in the same way. Um, and so, like, I was thinking about a lot of my personal experiences. Carly has a lot of experiences. And then I think for most women, they have um, these stories of, you know, just instances and things that happen where it's like that point where you start to realize, like, oh, this is how people kind of look at me or view me. Um, as a sexual object or, you know, like going from being a child to like starting to see how how people feel and look at you is is very interesting. And I think a very big shaping part um, for us in our lives. So we just kind of want to talk about some of those experiences and how that uh, has made us who we are today. And I feel like sometimes it seems like these things, the reason why we didn't ever talk about them or why we might not have even had discussions about them till this day is because it was accepted as just like, oh, this is just what happens to me. Like, this is just a thing or this is just something that happens and we don't realize that it actually like wasn't okay that, you know, it did cross some boundaries and, you know, maybe leave some impressions or affect, you know, behavior that you have as an adult that you didn't even realize the connection, you know, was because someone was crossing your boundaries whenever you were younger. Mm-hmm. Are there any examples that you have or um, stories that you, you remember from, being younger that have kind of shaped who you are? Um, I mean, I'm sure like everything in an amalgamation like shapes like who we are. I, I don't have like an, a direct correlation of I do this because of this, but I do think that a lot of the way that I interact with men and, um, you know, I had a lot of healing to do because there were so many instances, like so many probably bordering along sexual assault, but keeping it like sexual harassment. Like I think of one in particular um, in middle school, where like, you know, boys were just touchy, like always touching on you and stuff like that. But one in particular had touched my vagina 
And I was like, whoa, and like made a big deal about it. But then it was like, I was the one who was teased for being scary and not doing this and not doing that. And it just became like a big deal for me standing up for myself. And so like, I think about things like that. Um, but then it goes all the way to when I was grown after I graduated from undergrad and I was working in construction as an engineer. And all those little microaggressions, like you said, they're little small things, but men commenting on my body or saying things um, like really sexual jokes or um, we had a woman superintendent on one of my sites and the guys would draw, because she had a really large chest, so they would draw pictures of her in the um, porta potties. And it was just supposed to be accepted. Like it was just the thing. Um, and I, I really think about like how that affected how I showed up in the workplace because it was just supposed to be accepted. So how did that affect how you showed up in the workplace and just in general? Um, it like it made me angry and upset and like you don't want to be the person to like rock the boat or or say different things. Um, I actually got did and we'll get into that as well. But it, it, like now I don't want to say hostile work environment because that sounds so ridiculous. But at the same time, when you're always concerned how like how other people are going to view your body or they're going to say too much or um, I remember I had a superintendent tell me, I was wearing a polo. Like, I was wearing a polo, and I don't even have a super large chest, but he was just like, yeah, that you know, button's kind of low there, da, da, da. And I'm like, bro, I'm like a child, and y'all are grown, and this is, like, disgusting. Mm -hmm. But you have to put up with that in meetings, or you don't have to put up with it, but back then it seemed like something that I would have had to put up with in meetings. Mm -hmm. But also what's interesting in your description of it, and I find myself doing it too, is, like, for you to say, like, well, it wasn't really hostile, but it's, like, I feel that um, as victims of like sexual harassment or just misogynistic like workplaces and areas we still have trouble labeling it as like being hostile or being bad or even at the beginning when I was like well we're not talking about the things that are like super super bad um but you know the things that are brush offable air quote um and so it's like we still have trouble doing that and I think that's one of the things and one of the parts uh that plays a role in all of this is that women are so socialized to um kind of go with the flow or you know, be agreeable within different circumstances, et cetera. Also, um, not wanting to, um, you know, call a thing bad, right? It's like we mm -hmm. give things like a lot of benefit of the doubt um, instead of just being like, yeah, it's a hostile work environment because why are y'all worried about my button that's already at my neck type thing? Um, so I think that's interesting that we have that issue, um, which I, I have had too. This not even about the sexual harassment, but like, um, you know, I had a straight up stalker and I and it took me forever until like they really, really did the most, the most, the most, the most. Like they'd already done plenty enough. But the fact that it's like, yeah, you feel bad like to get a restraining order on somebody because you didn't want to have to like, you know, put them through, put them in that system or put them through whatever. But also it's like, man, fuck that because, you know, you got to put your um, safety and all that stuff first. And I remember like talking to guys about that. It's so easy for them to be like, as soon as I'm, you know, saying the one thing that happens, like, oh, you need to get a restraining order or you need to do this and this. It's like, yeah, I don't really want, you know, I don't want to cause other trouble for them. Um, and so I think that's just kind of a part of how we're socialized. Um, do you feel that the way you move now, do you see, um, like, correlations between the way you move now or have moved and in, in because of, like, your workplaces or because of those experiences in middle school and things like that? Um, I feel like I take less shit now only because like I found power in like actually speaking up for myself. But I do think it affects um, my behavior. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to articulate it. Um, so while I'm pondering, do you see any direct correlations for you? Yeah, so I had a, um, in college, 
of the realization of exactly why I was the way I was during school um, because of things that happened in my past. So I was in college 2003 to 07, and my best friend in school, <clears throat> um, my friend Jessica, She'd be like, Lex, man, you can't, you gotta not be so mean to guys. Like, you're, you're really mean, and you know, a guy can, you never know what the, how they'll act. Um, and in, in reference to, you know, we go out, or you know, guys try to holler at you, whatever. I just be like, mm, you know, kind of stuck up about it, or just like, whatever. I don't care about you. Keep walking. Um, probably said something, you know, crazy, not crazy, but like, you know, probably just was dismissive of them. Essentially, she was telling me like, hey, you have to actually think about. Um, how you respond to people because of their egos and their pride, and you don't know how they're gonna act. Um, and I and I that's so sad. That's yeah. so true. <clears throat> yeah, I went. One time I had a um, uh, this guy's a member of Omega Sapphire um, had a guy who like I was walking across the street, and he was like, "Oh, do you need help walking?" I was like, "No, I got it." And like he was like, "Man, da, 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 like like he was about to fight me," and I was like, "Bro, it's not that deep." Like you know, so it's it's just weird which also goes into, you know, some of the reasons why we don't talk about as much um, or go along with the flow of stuff is for your own safety. Um, but what I connected all that kind of back to was when I was in elementary school, um, I remember instances from kindergarten all the way through fifth grade, and then I was homeschooled in middle school. So for me, these were in elementary school um, ages. But I, even in um, kindergarten, remember instances of, like, the little boys in my class, like, jumping on top of me, trying to, like, hump on me, um, I think it was maybe second second grade, fourth grade, specifically fourth grade, I know. Um, there was a few guys, it was like every time we had to get in line to do something, like people are always touching on my butt all the time, like just touching on you, touching, touching, touching on you. And for me, I didn't, I didn't tell people about it, but I became very aggressive and um, very like defending of myself to boys. So from an early age, like I, I was always like, um, very much in competition with guys and very much with like fight guys. So for example, um, I remember in fourth grade, like one of the boys, like and we were outside of recess or something. And I remember throwing like a rock at his forehead and his forehead started bleeding. And I was like, oh, don't tell nobody, don't tell nobody. But like also, it's because he was messing with me. Um, mm -hmm. One other boy, I threw him out the window in fourth grade. I had that story. And I remember the teacher being like, well, <laughs> like, I, I don't know if they like kind of knew like, I think they knew, like, you know, it's kind of self-defense. Like, people bothered me because I was always, like, a good student and I wasn't a troublemaker. So anything happening was, like, you know, kind of um, just tired of it. And I just remember kind of internalizing most of that because as a young girl, I remember, like, not ever wanting to wear shorts. I never wanted to wear no uh, bathing suit, like a two-piece bathing suit. Um, and I remember having, I don't know how to explain, like, what issues around my body is, because I didn't, I didn't think anything was wrong with me. I just knew I didn't want to show myself, mm -hmm. and I knew I didn't want to bring attention to myself. So from a very young age, um, I'd be like, man, I wish I was um, not pretty, or like, um, I don't want to give anybody any reason to look at me, any kind of like, like in that way. Um, probably more standoffish, um, and that like, I think all of that really shaped me because between that. Um, being homeschooled, and then I went back to middle, I mean, to high school. Um, I just, I never had any boyfriend um, in high school. I remember, like, even the guys that liked me, like, A, because my, I do have a very, like, caring, loving dad. Like, I just wasn't really pressed about guys. But B, I think I, I didn't like men because of all those experiences. Um, and so I remember, like, you know, guys try to talk to me, and I'm just like, whatever. So, like, I'd always just gotten real, like, aggressive and, like, 
this is not something I'm worried about. I was focused on school. Um, and then so going into college, the same thing where, you know, I just didn't, I didn't care about guys. And um, I had like this thing kind of, kind of against them. I liked guys, but like I, I, I wasn't trying to be anybody's like subject of like sexual objectification or anything like that. Um, so that's kind of the bigger story that I realized like really affected me. And, and like Carly said, there's, I have a hundred million other stories. Um, but that was at the youngest that I would say like that shaped how I became um, and how I was even to now where it's like, I just don't, you know, you don't trust being around guys in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And or, um, I don't know, I think I kind of just didn't really have respect for, for guys because of that. But I've also, um, <clears throat> like with your story you said from middle school, I've also, and this was as a super grown adult, um, been at a day party in D.C., probably like 2000, so between 2012 and 14, um, been at a day party where, and I was dancing with a girl, because, you know, when you're out, you can just like dance with girls, dance with people in general. And so I, you know, I'm not going to feel as um, guard up. So I'm like dancing with this girl, and then she put her hand up up my dress for real, and I was just like, "Wow, see, Y'all I wasn't, yeah." I don't, so you know, also I don't want to make this like a um, men are handsy and it's just a men thing. Although a hundred percent, I'm not even gonna hold y'all that is all women have experiences much more than perhaps men. But even with guys too, um, I do know that there's a lot, a lot of instances of guys being messed with, um, and it becomes something that gets transformed into a badge of honor or transformed into like, oh, you got lucky. And quite frankly, these are babysitters, family members, mm-hmm. people at your church, whatever, who who have abused you, who have abused you, assaulted you, harassed you, um, maybe raped you, whatever. But like, you also are a victim in those cases, right? Um, and so that's something to kind of deconstruct as well because there's a lot of guys who have dealt with these same things. But um, yeah, of course, we can only speak from our lens on it, but I just wanted to say that to know that um, it's not something I don't think like guys have dealt with or deal with either. Um, but on a social kind of like norms level, I think that um, you know guys are socialized so early to you know you're going after girls and doing all this stuff that you know that's where a lot of this it kind of falls into into line from that. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought up the men piece because I was gonna say that too. I talk to quite a number of my male friends who also experience unwanted touching mm-hmm. and girls be like yeah but you post to like this like all right rapey like no absolutely not mm-hmm. I don't have to like you touching me like I have personal space so I think it's like anytime someone is infringing upon your personal boundaries man woman otherwise mm-hmm. um, all those creepy um old ladies who be like well that's my little boyfriend and I like I think more women kind of probably do that little, little boyfriend type thing too but like just when you think about it, it's like, ew, no, you know? And, and I think we've all seen it and experienced those things. And it might, again, it might seem lighthearted. And it could be lighthearted to them. But also, it's just like, no, especially when we live in a society where people, um, a lot of people try to act so upset and mad when they see same-sex type stuff. And it's like, do you realize how much innuendo of even mm-hmm. the hetero, like the sexual period, sexualizing period that goes on, even when people are like, oh, my little girlfriend, my little boyfriend. Like, that stuff is not, it's not new. You're just seeing a different version of that and now being upset. But it's like, we need to clean up all of that stuff in general. Yeah, there's so much that's not okay. Um, and that, like I said, I think we grew up in a time where people just didn't say things. Like, it was like, you know, you know, some families knew they had a creepy uncle or a person in the family. And it's like, don't say nothing. I remember there was a mm-hmm. guy who lived across the street 
My mom told me, like, don't you ever go past that man's sidewalk because she knew he was a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all those stuff. And so I think back then you just didn't say nothing, but I'm glad we're moving into a time where people feel, like, a little bit better or more empowered to say stuff. Um, and this is also not negating the fact that sometimes people do be lying about things, but mm-hmm. that's... But I think a lot of the focus of this conversation, too, is, like, as young people, because I know, like... I, these are things that even now, like, I'm kind of, not just now processing, but, like, it makes sense now. Like, what I didn't necessarily process probably appropriately, or it didn't make sense at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, as an older person, yes, there's no excuse to to not understand, like, that something, that what the person is doing is wrong, and then you still might need to process it. But for me, because it happened as, as so young, um... Yeah, I guess I was like 20, 20s before, and I'm talking about kindergarten, like five, six years old. So it, it can take time uh, for you to understand. But I think for me, the reason why I did come to that understanding is because I have that consistent, like, trying to understand, like, why am I doing what I do? Or how, mm-hmm. why am I like the way I am? And then, like, oh, connecting those certain dots. Um, and a lot of the stuff you forget, too. Like, keep that in mind. So I um, just maybe yesterday or a couple of days ago, um, I was uh, talking to somebody, and I was like, I was like, you know what? I just had this random memory unlocked. Can I tell you about it? Because I was like, I don't know what else I can do with it right now, but let me tell you about this. And it was that when I remember my childhood best friend in my neighborhood, too, because we had apartments. She was like three doors down, I think. Um, uh, this Nicaraguan family, the girl's name was Giselle. And, like, my parents knew her parents, you know, um, but you don't really be knowing people. And I remember, I don't know how old I was, so maybe middle schoolish. Or elementary school, I wasn't quite older yet. Um, and I remember going to her house and us playing Playboy. And even now, I'm thinking like, how, I don't even know how I knew it. But kids be knowing, right? You be knowing stuff. Like I don't know how we knew that, but I was like, I remember we were like laying out and taking our clothes off and taking pictures. But I'm like, hey, I don't remember if it was really filming the camera because back in the day we had a real film camera. I don't know if it was really film. I don't know if we were really taking pictures. But also, I was like, maybe there were, and maybe there was some weird stuff going on. And I remember her dad one time using the bathroom at their house and be like, oh, y'all ran out of toilet paper. Can I get some toilet paper? And the dad opened, you know, slipped the door open and, and passed me some toilet paper. But I also remember him sitting there a little too long and knowing as a kid, like, eh, that was kind of off. Like, that was kind of weird. But did I, like, go run and tell somebody? No. Did I, I didn't even really know. You know what I mean? Like, what I, what that was. But I just, I knew it wasn't quite right. And so now I, I just, like, totally all that unlocked because you don't even really kind of remember some of that stuff. And I was just like, yo, like, and I, I was talking to my friend, like, man, I will never, like, let my kids go to nobody's house. And I get why people be like that. And I'm like, yo, like, if y'all can do whatever y'all want, but we got hosted. Um, yeah. Because people are weird. And so it's, like, so many just weird little things that, like, you don't even barely remember. But, like, when you do, even now, right, I, w- I would never even tell my parents that now because they would probably feel so bad. Like, oh, yeah. why, why didn't I know? Or why can't I tell? They would feel so bad about knowing about the elementary school stuff. Like, I did not tell my parents those things. Um, why, I think... I think I probably thought, like, oh, I was going to get blamed mm-hmm. or, like, what could they do anyway type thing. It, I became very, like, let me fend for myself, which is, again, like, what shaped me into the type of person I am. So, there, you know, there's also a lot of reasons why you kind of don't really talk about that stuff, even as a kid. Um, did you talk to somebody about those things when they happened? You said you told people at uh, the school. So there's a majority. Um, and, yeah, there's a majority that I did not. Like, there are so many memories, so many creepy old men saying things about my body which actually made me like cover up more and stuff like I remember being at a volleyball tournament 
And, you know, you wear spandex because that's the uniform. And, like, I remember one of the guys in the stands that said something like, mad inappropriate. And you're like, they're just there playing a volleyball game. Like, y'all are some weirdos. But it's like, you don't say anything about those things. But, like, I did in a couple of spaces. Like, I remember um, in high school, like, I told a dude, like, don't be talking about me. Don't be grab to grabbing me and touching me. Like, but then I was the problem. Then everybody kind of was like, oh, you're just making a big deal out of nothing. This mm-hmm. is this. And it just became a big fucking deal, which is annoying. But then... In construction, I do remember pulling aside one of the guys. Like, I had a whole meeting. I remember being so anxious before because I had talked to my mentor and my mom. And they're like, you need to say something. And I'm like, okay. So I, like, pulled him aside. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable with the comments that you make around me. Like, it makes it hard for me to come to work. And I remember just bawling after that meeting because it was so much pressure. And I was like, I'm going to, like, what if I lose my job? Or they think that, you know, I'm a problem or this just because I was the only person saying anything. I was the only person who was bothered or who acted like they were bothered by what was going on. Um, but then most recently, when you said that, a whole memory unlocked in business school at USC at, in 2015 or 16, we were on a party bus, like all the all of us like going somewhere for like a school event. And one of my classmates slapped my ass and I turned around and like hit him in his chest so hard. He like flew into the little thing and everybody's like, whoa, calm down. What are you doing? What's <laughs> going relaxed. on? Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, he's like, stop fucking touching people. Like we're grown. Like this is absolutely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And I remember everybody's like, no, it's okay. He was just drunk. I don't give a fuck. He needs to know how to hold his liquor. Like I remember being so incensed. And then he like hit me the next day and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like basically, please don't tell on me. Like type shit, mm-hmm. but like I was drunk. That's not an excuse. Like you were still, your faculties were still there. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think it's like an era kind of too of because I also recently, like maybe in the last few years, one of the guys in my friend group, um, and we were just all like talking about stuff. We were talking about like you know back in the day in school, and I, he said something. I won't, I wasn't really paying super attention. But he said something about like yeah, man, we used to be like you know grabbing the girls and blah blah. blah. And immediately in my head, I, I remember getting so angry like. And you are the type of person who's like that. I, I like I wanted. I didn't. I didn't feel like talking. You know, something you're like. I don't feel like doing this right now. But like even now, like every time I see him, because I know he's a good person. All those things now, like he wouldn't just be walking around grabbing on women. But also at the same time, it's like yo, I don't think you realize like how serious that was, or like how in how much of a mess that like could cause. Because like it was literally every day. Like I literally did not want to go to school because every day I knew it was gonna be some shit like that. And I, I just, I kind of, like, I wanted to express that, but now it's, like, it's funny because, like, I look kind of look at him a little different, and it's just, like, but, yeah, like, everybody, it was kind of, like, acceptable. I don't know if I should say acceptable, but, like, it's just a thing. Like, guys did. Like, mm-hmm. that's what they were doing um, as kids, and it's so frustrating. And, yes, that just carries on, like, feeling like, you know, you have the rights to grab on somebody's body, that you are in some way complimenting them or, you know, making them feel good or whatever else. And it's just, like, no, like, all that stuff is creepy, but because so many women, we don't say anything in those moments, it's like, how do you stop this? And I think the only way to stop it is by having those conversations. I think now with social media, um, you know, the sliver of people on social media where it's like, oh, okay, everybody actually gets it, right? Keep your hands to yourself. We talk about it all the time. But that's just such a small, really, group of people and not really even representative of, like, society at large either. Um, But in general, I think with the... um, What's it called? Um, what's the movement? Who? No. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I was like, who's too? Who's me? Um, <laughs> with the two. Me Too movement, you know, I think um, a lot of people are at least cognizant of like, okay, let me not, you know, let me keep my hands to myself, um, which is actually really good. But you know, there's some other kind of downfalls that I've seen come from that anyway as well. But um, it's hard to talk about it. I think 
one of the reasons it could be hard to talk about is because we internalize it as it's our fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you said, like you you know you start putting more clothes on, whatever. And I think that's always funny too because as a kid, you it's like you're kind of mad when it's like, man, why can't I wear this? Why can't I do that? But also as an adult, and even even not even as an adult, at, at whatever ages, you also realize like, bro, like I don't want people looking at my kid. You know what I mean? Like I don't. So it's weird because it's like you do know people are creeps. You shouldn't have to do this. But also it's like I'm not about to let my little, if I have a little girl or something, like, or a little boy, like, running around with, like, super small, you know, mm-hmm. like, grown people in mini version clothes and stuff like that. And it, it's tough. Um, I think that's tough because you know that people are weird, but also you don't necessarily want to, like, limit or hinder your child, you know? So I think that it is a tough situation. Um, but, yeah, that you can internalize it as your fault. And even if you know it's not your fault, you still feel like, oh, well, if I say something like they're still going to be looking at me sideways. Like, well, why are you being extra or um, victim blame you? And be like, well, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have been doing X, Y, Z. You should have been wearing whatever. Um, and as soon as people start telling you what you should not should and shouldn't have done, it's like, well, why are we missing out on the whole fact of what this person did that they should not have done, right? Like, you should be keeping your hands to yourself. And that's the biggest part is people have their own agency. But, I mean, I feel like victim blaming is one of the biggest reasons, obviously, why people don't because it's like, well, if you didn't want people touching you, why are you wearing that mini skirt in the club? And it's like, maybe I want it to look good. That don't mean I want to get molested. And it can even be as much as, like, um, if you didn't want whatever, why did you go on this date with this person? Like, And it's just like, yo, mm-hmm. nothing nothing needs to happen outside of what, you know, I've come here to do or what I said I want to do, period. And, like, that doesn't mean anything else, right? That's very much entitlement. Um, and that's very much you not knowing how to deal with your own, like we said, your ego pride, whatever, um, or making your assumptions or expectations. But, um, yeah, there's literally, it's literally nobody's fault but the person who is doing too much and who's crossing boundaries. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I think it's kind of hard for people to talk about, you and I both mentioned it, like even with your stalker when, when you know, you were talking about putting a, like a restraining order on them, is like you don't really want to cause trouble for other people because you understand the implications of if I do call the police, if I do say this, or if I do tell my boss, or if I do even go up against my boss or something like that, like mm-hmm. it's, it's trouble. I could lose my job. I could do this. Or my team might see me um, as trouble or difficult or not the cool person or whatever. And, and like, you actually you care about the other person, right? Like, um, even like with Meg the Stallion, like when when she had that incident and she didn't say anything at first, but now it's like you want to keep talking and shit. It's like, well, actually he did X, Y, Z. But at first it's like, damn, you know, like I don't I don't want to just say something where now you about to get roughed up and taken to jail or whatever, who knows mm-hmm. what happens. But then it gets to a certain point where it's like, you know what, if you're not advocating for me or, or you did X, Y, Z to me, then it really doesn't matter like what happens. Um, but that is something to be cautious of because... Um, you, we know that in certain instances, maybe um, like if somebody grabbed me or something, I'm, I still may not want to call police because like I don't know what's gonna happen to this black man right here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But it's still a difficult situation. Um, also, <clears throat> you might not be accustomed to advocating for yourself. I think I remember having a book, um, and I remember my mom reading me this book about like your body is yours, mm-hmm. um, and it was something. It was like a kid, and even it was like. Um, you know, she's at the cookout and at these different places, or, you know, it's like, well, even if, you know, an uncle, like, touches you and you don't like it, or, um, you know, if all these different things happen, like, that should not happen. I remember, I very weirdly remember this book, um, which is written, like, you know, for a kid and kid style to kind of show you, like, hey, like, your body is your body. It should not be violated. Um, tell somebody something happened. And, yeah, I still remember not. Like, I, I would never tell anybody anything. Um, and I didn't know. I don't... 
I don't I didn't really know how to advocate for myself because it still always it felt like it was on me. Um, and but I think that is something to really try to push. Um, is especially with children or with young people, like really listening to them when they say something, um, or even asking them like straight up questions about, you know, if you were at your friend's house, like, so what did, you know, what did y'all do? Which maybe they probably did. I know my parents are pretty active with everybody, and yet things still fall in the cracks. Mm-hmm. Um, again, partly because I might not know how to process it, I might not necessarily knew it was like super off or like what to say. Um, but yeah, for that, for to ask questions, to hear them when they say things. And what you might hear, it might not be like, oh, this guy like looked at me a little weird and felt weird. Like that might, you know, might not know to say that. But when your kid's like, yeah, I don't really want to go to their house. Like, just listen to that. Um, and I think that's, those are things to take seriously um, when they're saying things like that for sure. Yeah, um, so, 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 so important. Um, another reason when it could be hard to speak up or to say something, something that might be holding you back is if the power dynamics are off, like if the other person is a boss or an authority figure or a mentor or a teacher or something. Um, Like I remember at USC, one of our teachers had said something. It wasn't sexual at all, but it was just like still people were kind of like, should we say something? Like we feel weird about like whatever he said. Right, we over here having full conferences about what should we do or say, and it's like, you shouldn't have to do all that. Yo, no. absolutely not. But that's that's the thing. So I think that power dynamics can definitely throw people off. We have to do gymnastics. Off. We do. And you can also be worried about, like, the ramifications and what, whatever happens to you. And But I think that that's why it's so important to start practicing advocating for yourself earlier because you don't ever want to be in a situation where, like, you can't do that or you feel like you're stuck. Like, I feel like anytime you're there, you should probably not be in that space. Mm-hmm. I even um recently, not recently, recently, maybe... 2017 and 19-ish, maybe. But I even had um, an older guy who's a client of mine, and he's just so handsy. But mm-hmm. and it's it, what makes it weird is that it's like he's not overtly being weird, but like also I just I don't like it still, right? But also I don't I'm not even a oh yeah, I'm a hood person. It's like oh well I'm not really so like like I don't even like that really. Um and I, well that's what I I kind of also learned and connected that too with. Like, I don't like when people, like, just run up on you and, like, start hugging on you. Or when people are talking to you and they put their hand on your leg. Those things might, they could be innocent and they might seem innocent. But also, I'm like, I don't like that because of my history, right? Mm -hmm. So, it's like, you don't even know what other people have dealt with. So, it's like, I don't like people touching me, period, um, that I didn't invite to touch me. So, and and women, too. Like, I I just, I don't like people touching me. Um, And I know it's because of that. Even with a partner, it's like... I don't, I don't like you coming at me hard to like kiss me, all this stuff. And I told them, and I was like, yeah, that kind of trigger is like not being attacked, but it just like triggers somebody being aggressive with me. And so I, I gotta, we gotta go into a gentle and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like all that. So I had a client, and um, he has to be like 50 ish, maybe. So also, there's time periods, you know, where it's like, um, even when he talked, like, hey, sweetheart, and whatever, which I know he didn't think was anything, any problem with that. But I, I don't like that. A, it feels like I'm being. Um, you're being kind of dismissive, condescending of me as a person of business, right? Because you're not talking to like, like that to no other guy, mm. period. Um, and then, like, talking to me and, like, you know, put his hand on my leg or on my arm while he's talking and stuff. And I was like, okay, I know this bothers me because I would tell somebody else, right, I, my partner at the time or whoever, whoever I would talk about, like, yo, I don't, this, he got touchy. I don't like that. Like, what, do I, what am I supposed to do? Because my problem and why I didn't want to say anything and didn't really say anything is – I know as soon as I, to say something will be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to be, you know, nice or kind or like, you know, this is how I communicate. But for me, it's like, well, it's not. So I knew I was going to look difficult. Mm-hmm. I knew that um, it was going to look like 
just like let's like why why you so upset type stuff um look ungrateful kind of um all of those things and and also and even now with certain conversations um calling things out because it's like I feel like if I say something about it I'm telling him I think you're doing something bad or like I think you're trying something and I hate to put that on somebody if they're not overtly trying um to make that make more sense like it's like if uh, if a guy's like hey let's go out for coffee or whatever um and I hate to be like okay is this for are you trying to date me or Bro. is this business because then it's like I don't want to feel like I'm trying to put on you like oh you trying to do something else however what I do do now is like I'll be like okay what's the agenda like what are you trying to do and I'll try to figure that out before but like in the same kind of way it's like to say something to them means I think you're trying to make advances and so I hate to put like that definition on it and yet I, I just hated it and so I find myself like trying to voice or stuff or like move or whatever um not really be close to them but I never said anything to them and I still even now it's like it's such a weird situation um, and I don't know, I, I think what I would do is just try to avoid working with people who, who I feel mm-hmm. like they're just, they're kind of like that. But also, I think I just look like an asshole. I look too hard, air quote, and I look like an asshole if I'm like, hey, I'd rather you not touch me like that. Because then I'm like, oh, I wasn't trying to do the da why are you da 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 And it's like, all I'm saying is I'd rather you not touch me. And so I, I, that's a courage I probably even still would have to you know, figure out if something were to happen, right? Because in the moment, it is hard to do that. You feel like you have to process it, think all hard and all that. And so all of that is just so unfortunate. Um, I think guys don't realize a lot of times um, how much, like, women have to think about it. Even as, like, I'm 38 right now, and and really telling people, like, yo, every day is something. Like, no matter where you are, where you go, it's, it's always something. And to really think about that, the stress of that, right? Like, if you were in a woman's shoes and you looked okay, um, and even if you don't, to be honest, like there's so much mess going on. But like, um, if you're a woman for a day, I think that would change a lot of guys' perspective mm-hmm. on that. Because I'm like, bro, do you realize like how often somebody trying to holler at you or talk to you or touch no. you or excuse me or whatever? Um, you would get sick of it, and you would be like, you know what? I'm never gonna try to talk to another girl like that, you know, ever again. I think that would be a great big change. Um, man, there's so many things that I was thinking. Um, one of them off top is that. It's so sad that we put we put off our own feelings and feeling uncomfortable in order to not make it seem like we're difficult or hard with somebody else in those spaces. Um, and so that's the first one. It's like our feelings should always come first and let the, the chips fall as they may. But I'm glad you talked about not working with people who might make you feel uncomfortable like that because I think that that's huge. Um, the second thing, oh, bro. If you asking for a date, ask for a date. Don't ask for a business meeting <laughs> and then make try to make it a date. Like I, I got so triggered when you said that because that has happened to me multiple times. Like I'm going prepare for business and you trying to holler like, ah, you wasting my time. Yeah. Like you this is not I'll fight you. Yeah, like we are not. Yeah, so now I'm doing that. Um, dang, there was something else. I'll come back to it. Well, and to go off that first um point that you're saying right there too, another thing that is a dynamic and all this, right? It has to do with the power dynamic as well, is money. So if I'm, I'm glad that right now, I would feel like I had the choice to be like, yeah, actually I don't need to work with you. Much more easier mm-hmm. than a few years ago or at this yeah. time, where it's like, well, actually I kinda also need this check, you know, it's not the worst, and you try to kinda play it off. Um, he's not like overtly making any advance, he's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't trying, trying to do anything, I just wasn't comfortable, it was something off, right? And so that was not bad enough for me to feel like, oh, I could do without this. But that's the thing, right, is that, like, in a lot of cases, so people who 
um, may have um, less their financial their financial situation um, might be different or whatever, and they may accept more. They may be working in um, a retail place or at a restaurant where all day people are bothering them and they still stay there. Um, they may take money for doing whatever else. Like they may feel like there's no other way. Um, so that also is very much like uh, a part of a part of all of this. And I think a lot of times, like also um, the people who are the predators are the person who's um, doing whatever in these situations. Like I think also that's a part of them knowing that, right? And a part of the power dynamic for them is feeling like who they can get away with something with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important for us to stay in our power, like regardless and and being able to, because my, my friend was always like, oh, you should just cut that off or you shouldn't work with them or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I kind of need to pay my bills though. So um, that can be difficult also, but I think, man, to have, the more options you have, the easier it is to stand up for yourself. Um, although we should be doing that for sure, like as much as you can throughout. Um, so what are some ways that we can make this easier um, to talk about these things or like make it more, um, kind of like have more education and understanding of like, stop, like keep your hands to yourself. Um, one of the things I'm seeing, right, and I alluded to this earlier, is that with the Me Too movement and all of that, I see more recognition of, okay, women are, can speak up or, you know, you need to watch what you do. But I also started noticing this dangerous kind of angle to where it, instead of it being like, um, well, yeah, we need to keep our hands to ourselves and we need to protect our women and watch our women, blah, blah, blah. It's more like, oh, you need to watch what you do because you never know when, when somebody's going to, like, say you did something. Or, like, they make it like the women's women are still, like, the bad person in that. Um, do you kind of make sense of what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. all the time. Like, oh, well, you know, well, now you don't know what you can do. And it's like, actually, like, let's not be stupid. Like, you know what you can do, and it's not hard to ask before you do something, right? So be like, well, you you know, I don't want you to say this, or I don't want... It's like, you don't have to be all extra. Like, just ask, do what you need to do, whatever, because they'll still make it seem like you're trying to corner them, or I'm trying to put you in a bad situation. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, just have respect for women. So I, I don't like seeing that either. And I think it's very... Sometimes it's, it's like, covered in a bunch of other stuff, but really it's, like, they're just scared of, like, somebody calling them out. And it's, like, it's really not that hard to respect someone's face. Like, I, I don't understand, but I've seen that, too. So, for example, I saw one where the guy was, like, yeah, I only have, if I have to have a meeting with a woman, I have my secretary there just in case so she can't try to, like, blame me about this. And I'm, like, if you feel like that's what you need in order to keep that woman safe, then do what that's you a, need to do, bro. That's a good example of, like, so she don't blame me. And it's, like, or you could not do nothing extra, right? Like, you shouldn't, nothing should be happening to where they have any reason to say anything or do anything. And you saying that, you're, you're saying it in the wrong way. You should have said, I have my sister there to make sure women feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Boom. Even when um, we were doing the shoot with um, Tatiana Lee, it was like, I remember Adama, like, um, one of the outfits she had on was like, she was covered up, but you know, a little revealing. He was like, I want her to feel comfortable. I'm going to go over here. And it's like, you don't have to say, like, I don't want her to say um, that I was looking at her, da da da. It's just, I want you to be comfortable. That's it. Um, I have heard similarly, like, when guys, like, on a train or or I've been walking and seeing a guy go across the street. I'm like, dang. Like, I felt some kind mm-hmm. of way. But also, it's like, you know, guys don't wanna, want you to feel any kind of way. Like, I ain't trying to mess with you. I don't want you to get, feel scared or worried or blah, blah, blah. And that's unfortunate for them to have to do, too. But how you say it tells me a lot about how you think. And so the way he said it like that makes me think, like, oh, well, you're you're still part you're of the problem. Creep. You're still an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it should be like, hey, I just want to make sure everybody feel comfortable. Or if you make an appointment with a woman, be like, hey, would you like for me to have my secretary here as well um, so we can all meet? Are you okay with just meeting up with me? Um, and even also, okay, if somebody said that, I would be like, yeah, go ahead and bring her. Yeah, please. It's not weird for you to say that. Um, but if you in your mind are thinking, you know, you want to make people comfortable, like, cool. But, but say it the right way. Otherwise, you're still a loser to me. Absolutely. Um, and I think that that's one of the things we can do to kind of make it easier to talk about is kind of address our own thoughts and start watch, watching our own language around a situation and how we address mm-hmm. things. But I think the biggest way is to teach young people how to advocate for themselves at such a young age. And so I, it makes me think about all those videos where there's like a chart and there's like the teacher and then the student can point to the chart. Like, I want a fist bump today. I want a high five. I want a hug. I want to whatever. I don't want to touch you. You know, and you, you're teaching people that it's okay to have their own agency. And I see it in some of like the gentle parenting or like the parenting videos where it's like, my child does not have to hug you. Like, it's like, go ahead, girl, hug your uncle. You don't have to if you don't want to. Yeah. Like, let kids say no. Like, I remember... People at church, it's like, go ahead and hug, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I don't want to. Go ahead and hug them. It's like, no, you don't have to do that. So teaching people to advocate earlier and then also having those conversations um, where they feel like there is an open space where they can say something to their parent or, um, like, at a much, much younger age so you can start to instill Mm -hmm. that. For us, I think it's a lot of unlearning and practicing courage to speak up in those spaces and removing ourselves when we feel like the boundaries can't be respected etc but we have to do a lot of unlearning whereas they're kind of starting from a fresher slate yeah but also it is very dependent upon parenting teaching to do that and then even when you do right it's your own grandparents cousins everybody Mm -hmm. else who still who still does not see things the same way so it's like I think it is very very tough um, at a society level because we're not all on the same page about it unless it's like some some like outright like you cross a line, you did something bad, too much, whatever, right? But, like, it's just too much of family first or too much don't tell business or too much of, like, kids need another place in general, even as parents, which is why I do see now so many also parents who are like, yeah, my kids are not around my, you know, my family without me right there because they just have different schools of thought. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they think certain things are, are right, but they're not going to let the kid advocate for themselves, right? Because there's this whole, like, respect, you know, yeah. all these things. And so it's very difficult, um, and I think it does make it seem like, you know, you need to just be there as much as you can, listening to kids as much as you can, paying attention to where, like, if they're feeling, looking kind of weird, they might not be speaking it, but, like, trying to see, like, oh, something's uncomfortable here. Um, and I think that's a lot of work, but I, I do agree, too, that most of this has to be around the parents and hopefully you kind of being able to, to teach them to speak up and to speak to you and being a safe place for them to speak. And practicing, like for us, so thinking about adults, is practicing your own boundaries and telling mm-hmm. people, even if it makes them uncomfortable. So I like that you brought up, you know, with a partner, like, yo, you, you approach me kind of fast. Can we do this kind of gentle? Or um, one of my really good friends, like, she does not like being touched. It's just not her thing, but it's her husband's love language. And so they're practicing ways to, to meet each other in the middle on that. I have an example with my mom. So um, she had came to visit me, you know, years ago when I was graduating. And we got into a little minor fender bender. And I was just trying to focus on what I needed to do. But she was trying to hug me. And I was like, I do not want to be touched right now. Like, I love you. I can hug you later. I don't need it. Well, at the time, it really hurt her feelings. Because she was just trying to mother me. And while I understand that, I respected how I felt more than how I... I respected my feelings more than caring that I hurt hers in that moment. And it became this beautiful growth opportunity where she realized she doesn't just have agency to touch me whenever, even though I'm her child. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think it's just practicing that bravery and being okay with it being uncomfortable for probably a lot of those discussions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even us as adults, like we have to practice speaking up. Um, and I think that we have to, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of teaching for our young boys, especially as well, um, that needs to be done. Um, but for everybody, like we said, so it's a lot of work um, to happen there. Um, and it does seem a little bit like everything's kind of stacked against you. And yet I think with so much of like social, so much of uh, less transparency around, um, you know, when something happens, it's like everybody can see it or like, you know, people are talking about it. I even had during that, that Me Too time, I had um, people talking to guys to be like, yo, did I ever do anything? Like they, you literally have to think back because like during college, high school, whatever, like those are wild days, you know, wow. for a lot of people. And it's like, damn, I, like, I know I touched you at some point. Or, like, yeah, my bad, when we went out, or, like, did I did I do too much? Or, like, did I ever, like, not really ask you? And I think that's the thing, too, is, like, there's so much that just, like, happens. And it's not about, like, you may not have said no or, um, but, it, yeah, it, it seems great. But, quite frankly, it's just there was no ask and yes. And so now I think we see more, like, that being, okay, that's an issue, and what do we need to do differently, and how do we teach consent and talk about consent mm. in general? Um, and that's one of even some content that we had did for um, one of our clients with, like, Teen Line is, like, talking about, like, so what is consent? And it's just, you know, it doesn't have to be weird, but, like, we have to teach that young. You have to talk about that young. I mean, you have to respect it. So that's the thing. You can't teach mm -hmm. kids consent and teach kids these things, and then you're not respected as a parent or a friend or whatever you are. Um, so yeah, it's a lot for us to focus on with ourselves um, and for those around you, like really trying, you know, the best you can to uh, be a good example as well as to be a good listener and advocate for others. Yeah, so hit us at Carly's Couch this week and let us know if you have thoughts on ways we can all be better citizens of the world and respect each other. Also, if any part of the episode stood out to you, um, if you want to share stories about how you're processing these things, you can hit us with those too. And then this week's question of the week, Alexia. What is the best career decision you've ever made? Best? Um, what's a career decision? Isn't it like choosing your career? Um, um, or things in your career, like pivoting. You have a know. master's There's in this. There's a lot of stuff going on. I would say... Um, Not going after the FBI? Uh-uh. Um, best career decision I made was... Um, Probably uh, at, at different points this has happened, but probably like reassessing um, fees and costs and charging more and, you know, at different times reassessing that. Amazing. Mine is deciding to not be an engineer and uh, betting on myself and trying to figure out what that is. Hands down, easy. Mm -hmm. And now I think about it, I'm like, is that part of the reason? I mean, I also just wasn't happy in my career, but I'm like, was all that nonsense part yeah. of the reason I was like, fuck this so the early? The cultural, yeah, mm -hmm. those cultural norms of certain careers and things just, it's not a good space. Um, and then as you can see, like, it's like everybody all protecting each other, just like, you know, with police officers, just like with all these different areas of, of careers and work, it's just, you know, they're a fraternity and, you know, patriarchy deems okay. certain things that, can happen, so I think they don't, and then protecting themselves and protecting um, the institution instead of people. And so that's definitely what we want to do more of for sure. Hope y'all have a good week. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. <laughs>